0: you give Kit a huge, great, big hand as he comes.
1: Hello, everyone. How's it going? Um, Yeah, so my name's Kit. I'm from Whangarei. Came down here to study a few years ago, and uh, that leads me to now. Um, So what I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about two words and relate that to communion. Uh, So diving straight in, the first word is novelty. Um, So novelty is like, you know, being new, being original, something different. And like I love novelty. It's great. Uh, I love seeing new things, uh, new places. I was up uh, White Dirty Falls yesterday. It was cool seeing like a new view and hadn't done that before. That was awesome. Um. But I think the thing that happens too often is that we focus a lot on uh, novelty. Um, For example, if you just look at like every modern pop song these days, it's pretty much talking about the novelty of love. Um, But I think that's where things go wrong and we uh, get confusion and we mix up novelty with the second word that I'm going to talk about, which is intimacy. Um, The thing about intimacy is that it's way better than novelty. But it's hard, and it takes time. Um, I was over the last week, I was kind of thinking, like, how can I, how can I define intimacy, so that like it's a real catchy phrases, so that everyone can understand it real well. Um, and I found like I just couldn't. But I thought instead of doing that, I'd just bring it up in an, in an example that we see in Luke chapter 22, where Jesus is talking about. Um, communion effectively. It's it's the Last Supper and we read in verse 14 it says, when the time came Jesus and his apostles sat down together at the table. And I was like, that's simple as but I'll just read it again. When the time came Jesus and his apostles sat down together at the table and I think a lot of the times, uh, in life, a lot of intimate times are sitting down at the dinner table with your friends, your family, those that are close to you, and talking about Jesus. Like, man, that's so powerful. Just that that picture, that moment, and Jesus said, "Do this in remembrance of me." Um, like, have these times of intimacy and in remembrance of me. And this is what we call communion. And we don't do it for the novelty of it, for novelty tends to wear off. But (laughs) we do it for the intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, which is a real powerful thing. But the heart of communion, which is intimacy, I don't think should be limited to this very moment. Um, as I said, I see it as a group of people sitting around the table talking about Jesus. But like, it can be anything else. Like, what, what do you make of that moment of intimacy, having Jesus as the center? Um, and what can we take from this moment of communion together and apply that into our lives, whether that be sitting at the table with your flatmates your friend sitting at a cafe, talking to someone, talking to Jesus, like, man, that's so awesome, I think. Um, so, yeah, I think we should just take, take a few moments, remember what Jesus has done, remember that, like, this is a, quite, quite an intimate moment, um, and, yeah, what can we take from that and apply it uh, to our everyday lives? So I think the the worship team's going to take over and um you can eat and drink together during that time. Um but yeah. Thank you very much.
2: your love in our hearts and you draw us together you made us one
3: tonight to focus on Jesus in His presence, I think part of the danger of the Western Church, not just this era, but eras that have gone before us as we get caught up in the wrapping of the gift rather than the gift itself. about the gift. say, Lord, I pray that we don't get caught up in all the other stuff. Forgive us for what we've made worship so many times but that our focus would be on you. That the agenda of our hearts would be you. Holy Spirit, as we turn our attention to Jesus tonight, I ask that Weight has been carried that shouldn't be carried, you'd lift that off in Jesus' name. Where there's sickness in bodies that shouldn't be, we command that to go in the name of Jesus. Where we need solutions for problems. Holy Spirit, that you would drop the idea, the solution, even now. In Jesus' name. Our relationships need meaning. Father, help us see them for what they are and show us what to do. that you would- Well, today I'm going to finish off a series, a series I started months ago. How many of you were here this morning, just so I've got an idea? Not many? Great. I'm going to cover a little bit of the same material, but I'm going to go a different way. So it's a, it's a series I've been looking at for a long time now, for at least six months or so, maybe longer, and it's Acts chapter 7, and it is the account of Stephen. Stephen was one of the seven that the apostles chose, that the disciples chose to help um, bring some order in the church and to, to run the various social activities in the church, feeding the widows in this case. And Stephen was known as a man of great power, a man filled with the Holy Spirit, a man who did miracles, a man who knew what it was to move in the power of God. He had a great reputation. And uh, we catch him at the end of his life. But before we catch him, I've got to do Christmas crackers because it is December. Come on. Christmas cracker time. I only get a couple of weeks a year where I can get away with doing these jokes, you see. So I can subject you all to it, which is pretty cool. Can you help me, please? That, That was really bad, eh? That was really bad. Can you find the joke for me, please? Thank you. Thank you. Can you find the joke for me in there, too? Beautiful. Thank you. These are really, really bad. These are even bad on my scale of bad Christmas cracker jokes. I don't even get this first one. Here we go. You know the rules, eh? I've got a box of these in my office. If you don't laugh, i go and get more. Here we go. How does good King Winceless like his pizza? Deep pan, crisp, and even. I don't get it. You get it. I don't get it. <laughs> Straight over my head. <laughs> I do get this one, though. You guys will get this one, too. Why can't a bike stand up by itself? Because it's too tired. <laughs> that one is good. That one is good, isn't it? Yeah, you like it. You are just scared to admit that you like it. All the dad jokes come out at Christmas. It's an awesome time. It's an awesome time. Well, here we go. Acts chapter 7 we're going to finish this thing off that I started so if you remember Acts chapter 7 Stephen is brought up um into the court and there's false witnesses brought in and they're making false accusations about him they're saying he's a blasphemer all this kind of stuff and he is refuting um what the witnesses are saying and just saying that it's not correct and the Israelites particularly the Israelite leaders here are quite upset with Stephen and um so what we've done, Stephen, it's an incredibly powerful passage of Scripture, but what we've done throughout the year is we're looking at it from the point of our of our theme for the year, Purposed, and we're looking in the passage going, what is in here that can help me live a purposed life? Because a purposed life is a good life. There are thousands, millions of people around the globe that are living with no purpose whatsoever. They don't know why they're getting up in the morning, they just trundle through another day hoping that they're somehow going to find something they've never ever discovered the why why am i on this planet why do i exist why has god created me they've never discovered it. in most cases they have not discovered because they have not asked the right questions or looked in the right place But my concern is that in the church, even after we've looked at this for a year, some of us are probably no closer to finding our why than we were last January. And it's because you're waiting for some lightning bolt to come and expose the why, or someone to come in and prophesy the why. But the fact is, to find the why, we need to go to the scriptures, and we need to go to prayer. And God has a why for every one of us on this planet. In big terms, the why is the same. The why is to fulfill the will of the Father for our lives. But we need to break that down into what is the will of the Father for my life? Well, that's quite obvious in many ways too. It's love God, love one another. But it's what does that look like for my life? I've actually got to do some homework on that. You've got to do some homework on that. You need to ask the questions, take the time, sit before God, spend some time in the Word and say, Lord, what is my why? Why am I here? What is the why of my life that is in nobody else's life? Why do I exist? What is it all about? And so when we answer that question, we start to live a purpose life. But Stephen here gives us some really good pointers and... um. I'll list them. I'm going to send this out on my pastor's desk because there's 40-something points, I think, or 40 points. And we're only going to touch a couple of them tonight. But what we've already covered is this. We've already covered to take the opp- uh, make the most, take the opportunity presented to you uh, to live a purpose life, step into the promises of God, requires that we leave the familiar. Often the working out of God's promise looks nothing like the fruit of God's promise. And to truly live a purpose life, we've got to have a multi-generational view, a long view. To live a purpose life, our journey's pathway is often flavoured by our attitude and obedience towards God. When a person walks closely with God, it will leave a permanent mark, walk closely with God. Our family of origin, upbringing, start of life are not a limiting factor to what God wants to do with us, in us and through us. Purpose life. The circumstances we face are not an indicator of God's view of us. We can position ourselves for blessing. Honor who and what needs to be honored that's up, out, and down, and don't measure God's promise based on your current circumstances. Circumstances change, God doesn't. Knowing who you are in God and being recognized by those around you are two completely different things. God is bigger than our mistakes. God's timing is crucial, and God's call is an invitation to partner with him. Many people think I've got prophesied over, it's going to happen. No, no, the prophecy was an invitation to partner with him, is what it was. Don't give up before it's time. Too many people give up too early. Listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying. Listen to those he's put around you. They're the ones we've covered so far. I haven't got time to go through the rest, but I'm going to put them up there so you can see them we'll touch this one briefly don't be a rogue don't go rogue don't be a rogue either you you can have you can have it your way you can you can have it your way if you try hard enough and long enough god will let you have it your way but you will reap the consequences of the way you want to have it to experience god as he intends we need to carry his presence according to his pattern. Living a purpose life, find favor with God. Do you know you can find favor with God? You can actually find favor with him. The Bible tells us, and it tells us in Acts chapter 7 there, that David found favor with God. And he found favor with God because he put the purposes of God, which in his case was to build a temple, which he never got to build, Solomon got to build it, But the Bible tells us that he found favor with God because he put the purposes of God first, over and above everything else. It's one of my favorites here. Remember, God is big and you are not. God is big and you are not. Don't get stuck. From verse 52, if you're serious about God, You want to live a purpose life. If you're serious about God, prepare for obstructions. They will happen. It's not if, it's when. Also, the truth stirs. I might touch on that one a little bit in a moment. Lastly, the Holy Spirit is not an optional extra. If you go to Acts chapter 7, as I said, I'll send this out during the week if you're on our mailing list. If you're not, try and get on it by seeing one of the team at the end, by the end of the night. through them the holy spirit is not an extra if we want to live a purposed life there's certain things we've got to do you can't just drift through life and expect it to be purposed it won't happen that way if i just drift along in my car i'll crash pretty quickly my wife would say i drift along way too often but i am purposed i know where i'm going and how i'm getting there i am absolutely amazed you know that i can get anywhere when i haven't got any of my family in the car with me it's amazing how i get there and i get there safely Because if you heard them when I was driving and they're in the car with me, you'd be surprised. Okay, here it is, verse 40, Acts chapter 7. So this is all part of the speech or the sermon that Stephen is giving to these guys that are accusing him. The uh, context here is he's been talking about Moses. Moses is up on the mountain, and um, he hasn't come back for a while. And it says this, they, the people of Israel, verse 40, Told Aaron, make us some gods who can lead us, for we don't know what has become of this Moses, who brought us up out of Egypt. So they made an idol shaped like a calf, and they sacrificed it to, uh, sacrificed to it, and celebrated over this thing they had made. Don't go rogue. Moses was away from these people just a few days, a month, just a few days. And they lost the plot. They lost the plot. Actually, if you really want to go back in Scripture and look why they lost the plot, I will think you will discover, well, I know you'll discover, that they had a spirit of, uh, or, a, or an attitude of lack of gratitude. Is what they had. God provided for them, looked after them, made a way for them, and they never acknowledged it to God and thanks at all. So it was really a recipe waiting to happen this. But Moses is at the top of the hill, and these people start complaining and everything else. They go rogue. At the end of the day, you are responsible for your relationship with Jesus, not me. If I want to go up the mountain, and you should be praying that I've got space to go up the mountain, because that's better for everybody, as a leader, I should be able to go up a mountain and not worry about what people are doing. I mean, this is what Moses did here. Your responsibility with Jesus, uh, your relationship with Jesus is your responsibility at the end of the day. You cannot swing into heaven on someone else's coattails. You know that scary verse that we talk about sometimes where, Jesus, where they, they said to Jesus, but I did miracles and signs and wonders and all these things in, his, in your name. And he says, yeah, but I, I did not know you. You can't swoop in on someone else's coattails and be known by the king. It doesn't work that way. Your relationship with Jesus is your responsibility. It's your responsibility to cultivate it. It's your responsibility to grow it. It's your responsibility to connect with Jesus. It's your responsibility to stay on track. It's your responsibility. Especially, this is good to think about coming into the Christmas break. Because, you know, we kind of disperse, and, and we've kind of already dispersed a bit, but we, we disperse and it might be a couple of weeks you're at the beach or something, and you don't end up at church and rubbing shoulders with your normal friends and and, and getting encouragement together. Well, it's your responsibility to manage that time and your relationship with Jesus through that time. Don't take a break. Don't take three or four or five, or if you're a a university student, six months, um, break from God. Don't do it. You manage it you press into God. You build the relationship. This is the time of year when all the other things of life tend to slow down a little bit. New Zealand closes down, doesn't it, over Christmas. And we've actually got time to just sit and meditate on the things of God. To be in His presence and not have to jump up and be somewhere to look at the next appointment in the diary or whatever. We can just sit. You want to sit for a couple of hours? You can just sit for a couple of hours. Make the most of it. Don't go rogue. Don't Forget about Jesus on the journey. I'm just going to touch on a couple of these points tonight because otherwise we'll run out of time. I will touch on this one as well. Remember that God is big and we are not. God is big and we are not. Please don't treat God as trivial. Don't treat God as trivial. There is a bad, bad case of a lack of reverence, a lack of holiness, a lack of discipline in the Western church. And most of it is in the name of trying to be relevant or trying to be cool or whatever it is. I have rights, you know, I can live any way I want. Well, actually, that's not the truth. As a citizen of the kingdom of God, I need to serve the king and live according to his culture, and his way of doing things. This comes out of, from verses forty-four to 40, uh, 48 to 50, which are a couple over. It says, However, the most high, this is after David wants to build the temple. God says, No, but it was Solomon who built it. Then it says, However, the most high doesn't live in temples made by human hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne. Earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? Asks the Lord. Could you build me such a resting place? Didn't my hands make both the heavens and the earth? Remember, God is big. God is awesome. He is incredible. He is a creator of all things. He is the one who thought up us. He says that his thoughts are completely different to our thoughts, that his ways are completely different to our ways. Don't take it lightly. He's not the dude over the fence that you're high-fiving or fist-pumping when you see him that's not god he is the holy almighty god who happens to also be our savior and friend don't take it lightly appreciate who he is reverence who he is and stop living in the gray just don't live there how how close to the line can i walk don't don't live there just walk way inside the line in his plans in his purposes, in his culture, way inside the lines. In the last few weeks, we've been doing kingdom culture on the Sunday nights, and uh, it's been a great series. I carry an absolute conviction that the kingdom of God looks different and sounds different than the kingdom of the world. In other words, our language should be different from the language of the world. Our behavior should be different, not because of religious rules, but because of relationship. I'm hanging out with Jesus. He rubs off me, rubs off on me. It means that I talk like this. I do stuff this way. That's not being religious. It's not being narrow-minded or anything else. It's living in the kingdom of my king. Okay, now this one I do want to spend a couple of moments on. 51. So we go straight down to didn't my hands, uh, you know, uh, could you build a resting place for God, did my hands make both the heavens and the earth. Then he carries on, this is Stephen, and he says, you stubborn people. You are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Here's my thought here. To live a purpose life, don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. These guys were stuck, and they were stuck on the basis of their forbears. They had picked up their attitudes, they had picked up their ways, and they were stuck. We have a choice. We can either live stuck or we can live unstuck. It is a choice. Deep A, eh? deeper meaningful. Stuck or unstuck. And the Jews got stuck, they could not see that. The Father was taking them on this road of progression or of progressive revelation. God had started way back here with mankind and He was taking them on this road and He was about to fulfill the ultimate expression of revelation, which was Jesus Christ. Well, it's already been Jesus Christ. But the Jews missed it completely. They got stuck. here somewhere and they were stuck in the ways of the old ways and the old thoughts and they could not move in the revelation that God was taking them into. Don't get stuck. It's a choice. Jesus Christ is the complete revelation of God. The risen Christ is the complete revelation of God. Don't get stuck on anything less than Jesus. One of the things that I really struggle with at the moment in the western church and it's just a reflection of culture is the insatiable desire for information information give us information we want information so when, you, if, when you're going to speak to us don't make it practical we don't want practical we want information we want the academic we want you to fill our minds. We want theology. There's nothing wrong with theology. Theology is great. But if all you want is theology, you're a sick cookie. You are. Because you just get so full of knowledge and stuff and knowledge, you get stuck and you never do anything. And the church of New Zealand, by and large, is stuck, not doing anything because we've been so filled with knowledge, so filled with theology which is great and I love theology it's one of my favorite subjects but if we cannot take it and make it into something pragmatic in other words we can't turn it into our something that we're doing in a way that we're living in a lifestyle we simply get stuck and I, I listen I'm a listener. I'm a studier of human—I love watching people. I listen to what people say. I might not always answer them, but I listen very carefully. And I hear people saying, we just—we want deep theology. We want deeper teaching. Give us more of the—pull it apart. And And, and internally, I'm going, why? Don't do any of it anyway. Why? I'm just going to fill your head. It's like just stuffing food into a baby's mouth and hoping for a good result. What happens if you keep pushing food into a baby? It's going to come out one of two places, and it's going to be messy. It is going to be messy. And the gospel is just not to fill our minds. It's to free our minds. But it's not just to fill our heads with the Greek says this or the Hebrew says that or whatever, and you can find all of that stuff. The gospel of Jesus Christ is go, do, be. It's pragmatic. I was just thinking through the, the different parables and stuff that Jesus said, and he doesn't go, well, the uh, Hebrew word for this, and I'm not against that. I love that stuff. That, it does ring my bell. But, but he doesn't say that. He, he would give a story with an application, or he'd paint you know, a parable, it'd, it'd tell a story, and it had a meaning. And that meaning affected the way we lived our lives. Because Jesus is a pragmatist. Jesus did the stuff. You imagine if he didn't. He would have just been sitting in heaven saying to the Father, Tell me again. Yeah, what is it you want me to do? Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Ooh, sounds a bit gory. Yeah, no, tell me, tell me. Yeah, and how would you say that in Hebrew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what are the intricacies of the the Greek? Yeah, no, no, no. No, the father said, Jesus, I want you to go. And he said, right, I'm going. And he came. And he came. And then he said, Father, this is not easy. But it's not my will, it's your will. And the father said, I want you to go to the cross. And he said, okay, I'll go to the cross. He said, Father, please spare me from this if you possibly can. I don't want to do this at all but your will be done oh but for the prize okay. so he goes to the cross he raises from the grave next thing he's like well you know I'd like to hang out with you guys but I've got to go because if I don't go I can't see the Holy Spirit so he goes back but hey don't panic I will be back so he goes back Holy Spirit comes we go to the Holy Spirit now and we say Holy Spirit what would you like to say to me today and he says go oh I've heard that somewhere before He says, go, do, be. Get out there in culture. Get out there in society and be Jesus with hands and feet on. Oh, but Jesus, I need the Hebrew and the Greek just to work that out and work out exactly what you're saying. No, no, no. You work and walk the gospel out. Work and walk it out. Yes, there's plenty of room. Knowledge is great, but don't get stuck by just trying to fill your head with the book because the book isn't just about head. The book is about heart. And the heart of the gospel is to go. And if I can leave one thought with you tonight, it is that. Don't get stuck. It is a choice. I know popular culture is saying, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. But that is not the gospel. It is not the gospel. The gospel says, go into all, well, the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. Number one, The gospel is that he came because the Father sent him, that he died on a cross, that he was raised from the dead, and in the process of all that, he reconnected the relationship that had been severed between us and him. He reconnected that. He said, you choose me, you walk with me, and that thing is connected for all eternity. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, no, all that shame. Well, that guilt, I will take that as far as the east is from the west. I will get rid of it so that you can walk free, so that you can walk with peace, internal peace, so you can walk full of hope, so you can walk full of life. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. And now he says to us, go. Make disciples. In other words, make followers of Jesus. How do we do that? He says, oh, no, it's easy. It's just two commands. Love me and love one another. Love me, one, love one another. Which of which the Greek words, uh, which of those three Greek words did you use for love there? i just got to get it right. No, just go and love people. Love God. Love one another. Steer people in the direction of Jesus. The Bible tells us that anyone that comes in the name of Jesus but steers people to themselves as a wolf in sheep's clothing. He says, "Steer people to Jesus. That's what we're told to do. Steer people to Jesus. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck in the trap of feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. When you're hungry, go and feed yourself. When you come together, say, Lord... Help me hear what's been said today as I'm being fed. Help me hear, but help this drop from here to here, from my head to my heart. There's a song about that too. From my head to my heart so that I can actually make a difference in this world. Wouldn't it be incredible if we were known as a generation, if we were known as a church who actually walked the walk, not just read the words? I think that would be good. Will you make mistakes? You sure will. I bet you make a few before the night's out. Will I make mistakes? Absolutely, I'll make a few before the night's out too. But I'm going to get up and keep walking. I've chosen that I'm not going to get stuck. Live to choose to live stuck or not. It's our choice. wonder if the band wants to come back. I'll just touch on this last thought for a moment. The Holy Spirit's not an optional extra. We want to walk the walk? Let me go to where? 55. But Stephen. So Stephen's finishing his speech. The Jewish leaders in 54 are infuriated. I love this, this verse. They are infuriated by Stephen's accusations and they shook their fists in rage at him. But Stephen... Full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven, and he saw the glory of God, and he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. He told them, look, I've always wondered, I wonder how they knew what he saw, because he died, but he tells us in the next verse, and he told them, look, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand, but they put their hands over their ears, and they began shouting, and they rushed to him. He turned this crowd of professionals into an absolute scene, running at him, jumping, screaming, hands over their ears. Why? Because truth always stirs religious spirits. Always. I think it's good sometimes when we're in an environment like this and we hear something that we really don't like. go, Lord, is there something stirring in me because I don't like what I heard, or is it just that I don't like what I heard? good question to ask. And they stoned Stephen. And Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. The Holy Spirit is not an optional extra. If we're going to live the life that God's called us to live now, I'm not, and I pray you're not going to find yourself dead under a pile of stones. But if we're going to live the life that Jesus called us to live, the Holy Spirit is not an optional extra. He is the power that is given to us. As we go out, you know, imagine the immense pressure that Stephen was under here. Yet he exhibited all the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Only... Because he was filled with the Spirit of God. Only because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I encourage you to ask him. Get a leader to stand and pray with you. Be full of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us they were filled with the Holy Spirit and signs accompanied. the signs often, not always. Signs are often miracles, speaking in tongues, filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us that we all receive the Spirit when we come into relationship with Jesus. But I would implore you to stay fresh in the Spirit to stay full of the Spirit. Ask regularly. In fact, why don't you stand to your feet now for a moment if you'd like to, and let's ask that we would be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. Thank you that the promise is when two or three of us gather together, you are here, Holy Spirit. So we acknowledge you. We may not see you with our eyes tonight, but we acknowledge you as the other one in the room, the most important one in the room. You're witness to every conversation. Whether it's heard or not. And we honor you. We honor your presence. We love you. And what an incredible privilege it is to walk knowing that you live within each one of us. Holy Spirit, I ask tonight that you would fill afresh every hungry soul in this place you said those who hunger will receive they will never thirst the thirsty will never thirst again living water and Holy Spirit I ask that you would fill every person in this place afresh in Jesus name Oh Lord that as we go into this week we would leak kingdom everywhere because we would be full of you. That the goodness of God would ooze out of us. That the words on our lips would be words that are honourable and uplifting and do people good. That our actions would be Reflective of your kingdom. And Lord, when we make a mess of it all, I pray that we would each hear that small voice saying, Come on, go again. Come on, on your feet. Go again. Go again. I thank you that you're the God of many, 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 many chances. And that you simply take us by the hand and say, Come on. Let's go again. And Holy Spirit, I ask too that as we ponder, as we spend time with you, even over the break, that as we ask you the why questions, what is my purpose? Why do I exist? That we would hear this small, still voice. that question would receive incredible words of life that will set destiny that will open doors that have been closed that will bring an incredible sense of satisfaction and hope into their world in Jesus name while you're standing on your feet know the Bible says that Everyone who declares that Jesus Christ is Lord and believes that he was risen from the grave on the third day by the Father will be saved. That's what the book of Romans tells us. I don't know where you are in your relationship with God, but the Bible tells us we declare with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we believe in our heart that he was raised on the third day from death by the father that we will be saved we will be connected to him we will have relationship with him our sin will be forgiven we will be made right with god and that, that relationship is not only about this world it's about all eternity you can do life on your own but it's not the way you're designed But if you really, really, really want to do it without God, He'll let you do that. You can have what you want. But my prayer is that if you're here tonight, you're saying yes. If you're saying yes to God tonight for the first time, or perhaps you've been way away from Him and you're coming back tonight saying, Lord, we need to get this thing going again. Can I encourage you to have a chat with someone that you came with or someone that you know? Let them know what you've done tonight. And if they can't help you forward in your journey with Jesus, feel free to come and see myself for another leader. We would love to help you in the journey. Amen.
0: Awesome. Well, I want to do something a little bit different to finish. That playing is beautiful, Stanley. Thank you. Instead of singing a song to finish, I want to declare a blessing over over us as a church. Who who doesn't want a blessing over them, eh? That is great, powerful. Um, And if you would like prayer at all, in any way at all, please come up the front afterwards. We'd love to stand with you in prayer. And also, thank you, church, for for your giving. Our giving stations are on the left in the in the foyers. So I declare a blessing upon the tithes and the offerings. I declare a blessing upon every home represented in Jesus' name. And I want to read out this blessing. Am I able to have that back? Thank you, Zach. That will make it a little bit easier for me. You might like to... Stam, you might like to just lift your hands up to receive a blessing from our Heavenly Father. This is called a priestly blessing from the book of Numbers, chapter six. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favour and give you his peace. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this blessing. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you go with us into our week. We thank you that you are with us 24-7. You never, ever leave us. So thank you. We receive your peace, your blessing upon us right now, your smile upon us. We receive that and we receive your strength, fresh and filling right now and may we be influential in our week as we go forward. May we uh, step out in boldness with, with the boldness, with the power that you give us. May we pass on that peace that we receive right now. May we pass it to everybody that we come in contact with. May we pass on you. May we we share you. May we not keep you to ourselves, but may we be influential in passing on a relationship with you to others around about us this week. Thank you, God, that you are with us always. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of the evening is there are are there any hangs tonight happening yes the youth are having a, a mcdonald's maybe bk we're changing things up it's december bk whereabouts is that is that in hillcrest hillcrest bk so if you are youth or would like to be youth tonight then go and see nicole i believe it is otherwise is, is it a cup of tea for everyone maybe cup of tea cup of tea in an early night enjoy the rest of your evening and have a fantastic week